Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi Of ourselves, 
the rest is on automatic unless we have made the effort to become conscious and to work with ourselves and to take responsibility for our emotions. So what happens is within this 95% of our subconscious programming that's controlling our life, it dictates how we react, who we're attracted to, who and what we will accept in our life, and then of course the relationships that we experience. So if we have a look at how childhood wounds play out, the ones that are trapped in our subconscious and are painful, there's two sides to the coin here as to how people are going to play out their wounds. One is subconscious revenge. The other is a high level of tolerance to painful behavior with the tendency to try to fix it. So the first point, subconscious revenge, naturally is narcissistic. So when you know that people have a tendency to be vengeful, that really is a narcissistic tendency. So subconscious revenge is the ego's fearful response and the positioning of being one up and getting in first is feeling threatened as well as the deep, and it can be unconscious and it is often unconscious, the deep need to pay back the original abusive parent or parents through hurting or punishing other people. It's a subconscious connection. Now, as a result of childhood wounds, the narcissist has subconsciously decided to avoid being vulnerable. The motto is, I can't trust anyone and I'll make sure I have the upper hand so that I will never be abused again. And that's the narcissist's survival strategy. Sadly, the narcissist's inability to be vulnerable and real and to trust self or others is the greatest barrier stopping the narcissist from healing the horror of his or her past. And this is why he or she continues to inflict these wounds on him or herself and other people. So in order to fulfill the desire to carry out subconscious malignant revenge, narcissists often choose codependents who also have childhood wounds because these people will stay connected to the narcissist whilst being maliciously punished. So the second point, which is the high level of tolerance to painful behavior with the tendency to try to fix it, that relates to the codependent. And this is the model of, if I can change you this time, I'll be able to right the wrongs of the parent who originally hurt me. So as a result of childhood wounds, the codependent has subconsciously decided to keep trying harder. And the motto is, if I can just make you love me this time, I won't be abused and you will actually love me safely. And this is the codependent's survival strategy. So in order to fulfill these unconscious drivers, these desires, Codependents will choose people who will hurt them in the ways that as a child they perceived they were hurt years ago. This is of course unconscious and it takes place under the surface whilst the logical mind reasons why this person is not the same as the offending childhood wounds. And this explains perfectly why warning signs and red flags are so often and so easily dismissed all because the subconscious programs are having their way. Because they always do. 
they are controlling 95% of our life, no matter what we're trying to think. And if they remain subconscious, unconscious, they are going to keep driving us behind the scenes. So it's not unlike a computer program that is doing what it is doing in the background as a program to do, no matter what moves you are making on the surface, it will still have its way. So hence, the marriage of childhood wounds between the narcissist and the codependent with both subconscious survival strategies are activated. And they are a marriage. They're a match that lock together. So the narcissist through revenge and the codependent through fixing are both trying to right the wrongs of their family of origin. And that's actually what we've been playing out. So when we have a look at the gaping holes that the wounds create, the problem with subconscious programming is that it's governed by law of attraction, which means like attracts like. So our wounds are our subconscious programming. So this means that we don't attract people who are going to fill up our internal painful emotional holes. Rather, we're going to attract people who are going to bring more of them to us. So this is the truth, point blank. We attract and we play out our wounds. Our goal to stop this happening, and of course we want this to stop happening, is to become integrated and whole human beings. And what that means is becoming the solid, healthy embodiment of female mother and male father energy within ourselves. So we need to be integrated yin and yang energy. We need to be whole. If we don't have this female-male integration, we don't feel whole. We feel anxious, empty, and incomplete. If we have significant gaping wounds, we may feel significantly broken and significantly incomplete. And we know this because we're not happy in our own skin. We know this if we feel incredibly depressed and alone when we're not distracted by the outside world and other people. And when we feel incredibly depressed and alone, when we don't have a significant other. And the reason we feel like this is because we believe that we need someone else to complete us. We've all heard that expression, you complete me. That's exactly what I'm referring to. So let's have a little look at emotional sensitivity and emotional damage because there's a direct correlation there. So as a child starting out in life, you didn't have the embodiment of integrated self-energy. You were a blank canvas reliant on the mirroring you received from outside of yourself in order to establish your own internal being. As children, we were all codependent. We had no ability to create, sustain, or manage our own emotional energy. And we didn't have an ability to look at mum and dad and say, you know, that's your stuff and you're projecting it onto me. I'm actually a worthy being. I don't need to accept that message. We had no ability to do that whatsoever. So therefore, the quality of parenting you received was crucial in creating your being. 
This created your perceptions of yourself, life, and relationships with others at a deep cellular level. Certain children's personality makeups made them more susceptible to emotional damage than others. The more sensitive a child, the more emotionally affected and the more trauma occurred. It's very important to understand this. Subconscious programming was not created by the actual events in themselves. It was created by the child's emotional perception of those events. So that's what can explain why you may have four children in the one family and one may end up incredibly disastrously codependent. You might get a narcissist and you might get two other children that are able to really create more of a whole healthy life a lot more easily than the other two. So it depends how sensitive these children were and how deeply the emotional wounds impacted into their subconscious. So make no mistake, both narcissists and codependents are sensitive individuals. So as a codependent accessing my material, you're a sensitive. That's why your emotional subconscious programming has occurred the way it has. Now this is really interesting and I believe it's very true. I believe that in fact the most damaged and wounded children of all are narcissists. They were the ones most vulnerable and the ones that were most sensitive because submerging one's true self and creating intense defense mechanisms, which is the false self, is a horrific survival reaction to extreme emotional hurt. It's actually the most extreme survival action that a, an individual can take. And it only occurs through being incredibly hurt that a person could choose that option, unconsciously or consciously. So if we have a look at integrated female and male energy, I'd like to explain to you what healthy mother and father energy looks like and how it impacts our life if we do have this energy and if we haven't embodied this energy. So in relation to healthy integrated mother energy, these are the benefits. Unconditional self-love, which is total acceptance for self, flaws and all. Which, is, which means I love myself right here, right now. Not after I lose 20 pounds, not if I was 10 years younger, not if I have a facelift. Right here, right now, I love and appreciate myself. So the next point is the ability to nurture and care for self in healthy ways. So that's how effectively we can mother ourselves, how effectively we nurture ourselves. Empathy, compassion, and receptivity, which is the ability to listen and be present and have empathy for self and others. Forgiveness for self and others is integrated mother energy. The ability to just be and relax. The connection to peace and joy. Expressing creativity is another feminine aspect. Heart connection with self, other individuals, life and nature. Vulnerability 
emotional authenticity and genuine intimate connection which of course means dropping into the heart and being real real about who you are in the world which means that the gap between who we really are and what we present to the world is closed so that you are an authentic being which means not only do you love and accept yourself for who you are that you are able to be accepted and loved by the outside world for who you are as well. The ability to go within, meditate, heal and connect to and develop intuition and one's soul and inner being. So that's very much about our inner spiritual connection. Connection to divinity, reverence and oneness. So that's that connection and oneness with all of life and that respect and reverence for life. Okay, so that really is the marriage of so above, so below. It's the bringing it all together into that, into that womb, into that integrated wholeness of all that is, which is what creation is. That's very, very much the feminine aspect. So, if we did not receive unconditional love and acceptance from our mothers, we learned that we were not lovable as we are. We did not accept ourselves as being okay. And as a result, we may believe we have to earn love or we can only be lovable if we're more aesthetically attractive, if we have a nicer nature, if we do more things for people. Fill in the gaps and I'm sure you probably can. As adults, we nurture and care for our own well-being the way our mother nurtured and cared for us. If our mother was always busy, we believed other things were so much more important than ourselves. If our mother always put herself last, we learned that we were not important and we weren't worth our own care. If our mother neglected caring for us, we may have limited emotional ability to nurture and care for ourselves as well as other important people in our life. If our mother tolerated abuse, deceit and bad behaviour, we may have taken on her level of deficient self-love and self-respect and learnt to also accept these malignant acts in our life. If our mother was abusive and hurt us significantly, we may struggle to trust other females and unconsciously act out self-sabotage and push away the female love we desire, or we may be attracted to relationships with females who also neglect, hurt and betray us. If no matter how hard we tried, we could not gain our mother's love and approval, we may choose people in our life who are also emotionally unavailable. Or we may push people away with our neediness and codependent demands. Or we may reject or lose attraction to others who express their own emotional needs to us. If your mother did not know how to take time out, connect with her inner being, and honour her own intuition, you were not taught how to have a spiritual connection with yourself and life. As a result, you may not have learnt how to have compassion for yourself, how to trust yourself, and how to connect to your own inner guidance. You may have always had your emotions and choices dictated to you by others and found that no matter how much you tried to keep others happy, it didn't work. 
This meant you often ended up going against your truth and living circumstances which were not healthy or fulfilling for you. Simply because you were trying to earn love and you didn't realize that you were love. So if we go back to the list of healthy integrated mother energy, and it's all going to be on the blog tomorrow for you to look at and go through, we may see that we've been miles away from comfortably settling into and being this energy. If we have gaping mother wounds within us, we've been in survival. We've been trying to get this well-being from outside of ourselves and exasperating these wounds as a result of drawing in and playing out more of these wounds. Now let's have a look at healthy, integrated father energy. These are the benefits. Unconditional self-value and self-worth. Knowing you are worthy in the world. The ability to encourage and inspire yourself, regardless of circumstances. The ability to feel faith in the world, which is the knowing that you can look after, provide for, and protect yourself in life. The confidence and ability to assert your own needs and desires. The expressing of and living your mission in life the resilience and the strength to endure, create, and move forward in life. The establishment of values, integrity, and conscience. They're very, very much male values. Being responsible for self and accountable to yourself, others, and life. And again, we have that upstanding, solid, strong integrity. That's what divine male energy is about. Embodying and expressing humility with honour for self and care for others. Okay, that's also divine male energy. So it's, uh, it's really important to understand healthy male energy is strong and masculine, but it is not egoic. Egoic energy is self-centred survival programs which are in high beta brainwave frequency, which is a very disconnected frequency. It's for survival only. It's not for problem solving and it's not for oneness and it's not for connection. So these survival programs are very selfish. They're very all about my body right here, right now, what do I need to do to protect myself? They're fearful, they're competitive and they're insecure. Egoic actions create damage and separation rather than security and care to self and others. Security is the epitome of male energy, but certainly not exclusively in a materialistic commercial sense. And a lot of children have experienced that. Parents that are high achievers who haven't connected and cared in fathers. And it certainly hasn't felt like love to them at all. Now, if your father was critical and punished you, your self-worth and self-value was damaged. Rather than support, inspire and encourage yourself healthily, you may have a tendency to self-criticize and self-punish, which is really that critical father voice, when you don't believe you've lived up to the standards which may deem you as valuable or worthy. You may believe you're only acceptable for the money you earn, the career you have, and the acquisitions you own. 
You may believe people can only love you if you have certain things and you constantly compare yourself against people who have less and more. If this happens to you, you will tend to want to try to impress other people to gain their acceptance or you will attract people who will always judge you as not good enough. And you constantly compare, oh sorry, or individuals who simply connect to you for material and superficial benefit. And what that means is no matter how much recognition, appreciation or approval you gain from others, it could feel like a bottomless pit because you never feel good enough. If your father was not protective and didn't help you feel safe in the world, you may feel constantly anxious, unsafe, fearful of people and new opportunities, fearful of not having enough security, and doubt your ability to keep yourself safe and secure in the world. You may have a tendency to attract people who you think will grant security, but who will damage, punish you, and create insecurity and lack of safety instead. If your father did not display integrity, the ability to be humble, accountable, or genuine with himself and others, you may struggle to own your own stuff. Or you may have a tendency to attract others who reflect this lack of authentic realness. Or you may sabotage relationships with those who are genuine and accountable people. If your father placed accomplishment as a value that overrode emotional connection and concern for others, you may take on this tendency or may rebel against achievement, become unmotivated and resist pursuing your personal mission in life. You may draw partners with either of these imbalances. If your father was flaky and a poor provider and achiever, you may take on these deficiencies or counteract them by being excessively driven instead. So when we review the list of healthy integrated father energy, we can see that we may have been miles away from comfortably settling into and being this energy, which would then mean we would attract more of it. Because if we have gaping father wounds within us, we've been in survival. We've been trying to get this solidness, this safe, solid, masculine energy from outside of ourselves. And we've exasperated these wounds as a result of drawing in play and the playing out of more of these wounds. So I can't hope those lists can really help you understand where your gaping holes have been. And if you look at your life and you look at the relationships you've had, you're going to really understand that what's been happening is you've been responding and creating more of those wounds through your choices, through your relationships. Okay, if we have a look at your new life moving forward, we need to understand this. You need to understand this. Relationship is you. Your relationships are reflecting back to you yourself. And they're all a playing out of your internal mother-father energy. So what this means is we need to stop looking to the outside for other people to fix our mother-father wounds. Because the truth of the matter is, these people can't. They have their own wounds going on. And their wounds are not your responsibility and your wounds are not their responsibility. If you are in a relationship 
with another conscious individual, then absolutely you can both take responsibility for your own childhood wounds and then support that person with love and compassion as they heal their wounds while simultaneously working on your own. And that takes two people taking responsibility. And that's an essential formula for two wounded people healing together to form and to grow a successful and healthy relationship. Now, I know a lot of people in this community don't have this formula. And if you are currently in a toxic and unhealthy relationship, which is more than likely narcissistic because you are in this community looking at this information, then you need to understand you don't have a functional relationship. And you don't have the possibility of a future one with this person if they are not willing to claim and embrace and face and work on their childhood wounds. If you are single, you're in the perfect position to work on your own wounds. And then the beautiful benefit of that is you're going to then be aligned with attracting in new people who are going to reflect your level of your new state of being. And these relationships are going to include friendships, work partnerships, existing relationships that raise to that level, such as I do with my parents, love partners, and even acquaintances that cross your path are going to be a healthier and higher vibration than the relationships you experienced previously. Now, I don't want you to think for a minute that you have to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And that's just that internal parent critical voice again. I need to be perfect. I can't be flawed. If people see my imperfections, I'm going to be abandoned or rejected. It's not about any of that. Because the truth of the matter is, in any relationship that you're going to procure, any close intimate relationship, and especially an intimate love relationship, you're still going to have wounds to confront and heal, no matter how healthy and evolved you are at that point. Because that's the very purpose of relationship, is to help you grow, heal, and evolve. And that is the most important part about a relationship. And then the genuine love experienced in these relationships is determined by how successfully the healing and the growth and the evolution takes place between these two people. Because how well that goes is the only true measure of connection, intimacy, bond and trust two people can achieve with each other, which is what real, genuine, authentic love is. So we need to understand that those images of romantic or idolized or perfect or idealistic love, that if they don't have those components in them of that growth and sharing and bond and intimacy and trust, they are idolized versions. They are not real love. And they get a lot of people into trouble thinking that they are because they're not. If you know you have patterns, you've got intense fear and you've got pain and dysfunction which has not been working for you, it's really foolhardy to consider a love relationship until you clean these up within yourself. Because if you don't, 
you are simply going to receive and or conduct yourself as these wounds. So what that means is you're going to get somebody that's going to match those wounds or if you didn't, you will sabotage the relationship because you will not be able to accept an emotional level that's different from the emotional level that you're programmed at. And that's why we sabotage. If you commit to healing your wounds and take full responsibility to do so, then you're going to be able to attract and accept and cooperate in a relationship which is healthy enough to heal and grow. You're going to be attracting yourself at that level. Somebody else who's working on themselves. Somebody else who's spiritual. Somebody else who wants to grow. Somebody else who is changing their inner being as a result of their past and not wanting to keep playing it out. That's what you'll attract. And this is what spiritual soulmate relationships are. They're relationships that are not trapped in egoic survival programs, emotional deceptions and power struggles. They're relationships of sharing emotional authenticity, mutual growth and the co-creation of evolution. And that's the greatest goal. And then love just occurs wonderfully from that place. So how to heal your childhood wounds? Now, I am outspoken about this, but I'm going to continue to be. I'm not a fan of contemporary therapy in any shape or form. And I really don't mind being outspoken about this. The reason is because talk therapy and simply receiving information is only scraping the surface and usually only re-traumatizes people because all one does is relive the pain with no healing and no true resolution of the wound. And this is why people spend years in therapy, often spend thousands of dollars and experience no real change in their life. Then what happens is generally medication for the emotional suffering is the only solution because the cause of the pain has never been genuinely healed. So wouldn't it just be much more appropriate to go straight to the subconscious wounds and actually release the emotional energy of them and heal them? Of course it would be, because that's actually how people heal. So in regard to the shifts I did with my childhood wounds five months ago, if I didn't have a tool to access my subconscious painful charges and belief systems to release that painful energy, and if I'd seen a therapist instead, I know I would still be having weekly sessions discussing my painful childhood wounds, and I'd still be carrying the pain, and I'd still be experiencing disconnection with my parents. With I don't know where the end would be in sight. And I know this because I used to go to contemporary therapy years ago and I've dealt with thousands of people who've also been going over and over the story of their childhood and relationship pain for years with no end in sight. Resolution healing is never created by recounting the story. It's about releasing the emotion of what happened. And Joe has, you know, this, this awesome expression, which is paralysis by analysis. And it's so, so true. Analysis is not awareness. And analysis is not an emotional shift. Analysis is, well, he did that to me, and I can't believe that happened, and it's all the details, etc., 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 etc. It's not. Awareness is, that caused me to feel 
insecure. I have an insecurity wound within me that I need to release. There's a huge difference. The first is looking to the outside world and just going through blender brain and the story, which keeps the peptide going, which keeps the victimization going, which keeps non-evolution going. And the awareness is going within to the emotion that was connected to the story, which is ours, which is a pattern, which is a gap in an emotional deficiency wound within ourselves to be able to shift it and change. That's how we evolve. That's how we change. Now, I have heard of some therapists who have provided results, rarely, but I have, and this is my consensus regarding this incredibly rare exception to this rule. These therapists use deeper processes which can work on the subconscious, so they took people through awareness to their subconscious wounds in order to release them. Or the people who saw these therapists gained guidance, gained some clues, which they could have just gone to themselves, quite frankly, if they knew how to, and then did their own subconscious shift work. Or even rarer still, there is a tiny percentage of the community who through logical information can line their subconscious up with their cognitive mind and shift at a being level without working directly on their subconscious. So for some reason, these people didn't have their gateway shut at 12 years of age. They're able to actually hear information for it to go straight into their subconscious and to have the shift. Now, I don't know, I'm certainly not one of those people and most people aren't. So the only people who can experience what I would call cognitive spontaneous healing, which means that the gateway is fully open from the conscious to the subconscious and they shift, just by information, are those who have very few, if any, survival programs operating, which has created defense mechanisms. So we're actually more likely to get epiphany shifts straight from our conscious to our subconscious on something we're not emotionally invested in because we actually don't have any survival defense mechanisms built around it blocking it. So obviously, if we're going to therapy for things that are hurting us that are very, very painful, we're going to be going there with things that we do have survival programs and defenses built around. Now, those defense mechanisms block off the subconscious. They keep us in beta brainwave. They keep us in our conscious mind and they keep us in our ego. They keep us in my information from the past is going to be used as a painful trigger to try to predict my future in order to keep me safe. So we're like, we're like an animal that has been attacked who knows that if you walk out into that field again, you could get attacked again. So you're hypervigilant. You're in those painful charges looking out for it, trying to protect yourself. That gives you absolutely zero access to your subconscious programming. So the truth is that if we've got resistance in the way, information that we're just reading or information that we're hearing is not going to change our subconscious internal programming. Now, we know that when we've been narcissistically abused, or for anybody that's been abused, or had childhood abuse, or had painful abuse wounds, you're going to have a ton of defense mechanisms and survival programs around them. That's why you've been playing out life the way you have. That's why you've been reacting the way you have. That's why things haven't been working for you because of these egoic survival programs. 
that are blocking off from getting to the vulnerability of the wound. So in order to heal our childhood programs, we need to understand our life is created from our subconscious belief systems. It's all deeply cellularly in our body, in our emotional body, what is going on. And these subconscious belief systems, they're not logical. And we would never knowingly choose the ones which have continued to manifest pain in our life. We didn't logically choose them and we wouldn't logically choose them because they're not fun and they haven't been helping us. So our belief systems that haven't been working for us are the less than thoughts and feelings that we had about ourselves other than life, especially the ones we had strong painful emotional charges with. These belief systems are stored information in our subconscious which dictate powerfully what and who we will attract and who we're being in our life. So that's what they are. So how do we change a belief system? The answer is actually simple, ridiculously simple. How do we change a belief system? We remove the emotional charge from it. That's how we change it. So when we do this, when we get that emotional charge off it, we could remember an event a painful, previously painful event, we'll remember it, but it no longer has the emotional charge on it. It no longer has the emotional power over it. And this means we're no longer wired into the negative belief system on this topic. And this means we're no longer an attraction force for it. And we no longer behave like it. And in reality, what's happened is we have just stopped our emotional addiction to that emotion that we have been addicted to ever since it happened to us. So to do this work, we have to be willing to go inside. We've got to be willing to access the emotional pain and follow it back to the belief system and release the emotional charge. So how that would really work is, okay, Dad hit me and this is what happened in this scene, okay, but really we just want the scene as the trigger and then we say, how did that feel, right? And that's when we start going inside and through the process, if we know the process, we can go straight into that emotional charge, we can release it and we release the powerlessness of the belief system, whatever that belief system that got you know, um, it could be something like, I'm worthless, I deserve to be punished. People that love me hurt me. People that love me abuse me. Could be all of those sorts of belief systems. Now what happens is when you receive when you release the painful charge from it, you're and you know how to do it, you're actually releasing the belief systems that go with it. So they no longer have power over you and they are no longer running your life. So when we do that, when we release that emotional charge, we are free from that belief system. And that process on one belief system can take minutes only and it's done. Which is, makes so much sense, more sense than sitting in therapy for the next five years of your life going back over that one issue. 
I think you get what I'm saying. Now, of course, to actually do this requires self-humility and it takes vulnerability. It means that we acknowledge that we are wounded inner children. I think everybody is. And most people are absolutely wounded inner children. That we do have internal emotional defects, just like our parents did, just like their parents did. And we're going to meet these wounds with love in order to release them. Once we start doing this, we free ourselves from the painful emotional anchors of the past. And we then have available energy to create the healthy realities that we do wish to model our present and future life on. Now, first of all, hanging on to painful energy, stuck energy, is painful. That's why it hurts emotionally. That takes up a lot of energy. That means we don't have a lot of available energy to create our new life. The other point about this is that when we're stuck in painful subconscious belief systems that are causing emotional painful addictions, we only have the ability to think with our cognitive brain within the set of chemicals that our emotions are producing. So our awareness is very limited. Our emotional maturity is very, very limited. So a lot of people think that they want to be able to think more evolved feelings, thoughts, to be able to get out of their emotional pain. And the fact of the matter is you don't have access to them. But when you actually release the emotional pain, you then have access to much smarter and much more aware and much more evolved and empowered thoughts on this topic that you struggle with. It all just happens naturally, which is, it's just like you wake up one day and you say, I can't believe who I was being there. That just did not make sense. My reality and the way I think and feel now is this. Who was that person? That's exactly what liberation ends up thinking and feeling like. So, so when we do that, when we let go of that old, stuck, painful energy, we open up to an available space of a completely new creative energy. And this is exactly what this new mini programming program, Transforming Family of Origin Wounds, allows you to create. This program grants you the step-by-step -step format, which is about making lists of the people involved, what the actual painful events were, the ability to access your related childhood wounds, and it explains in the program how to target them in which particular order, and it provides the quantum freedom healing process, which works directly on your subconscious in order to release these wounds. Then through the quantum freedom healing process, you're able to download and integrate, which means bringing in the connection to that healthy female and male energy to fill the space where the painful beliefs once were. And then that allows you to be whole in the world. Now, many people after the article in the radio show last week emailed me last week 
to know if they should be doing the narcissistic abuse recovery program as well as this mini course or whether or not you can just do this mini course on its own. So this is my answer to that question. If you're recovering from a narcissistic intimate partner relationship, then NARP is essential. And the reason for that is because there's so many hooks and addiction phenomena which occurs as a result of narcissistic love relationships and NARP covers releasing these from your subconscious mind extensively. So after doing that, absolutely this mini program is a wonderful addition for you if you really want to clean up your family of origin wounds which brought you into a narcissistic relationship. So that's going to really help you heal powerfully your pattern of abuse. Now if you suffered a narcissistic family of origin relationship and not an intimate partner relationship, then there's a choice. If you've been able to detach and create no contact or modify contact and honor yourself with a family of origin narcissist or narcissist, then you could simply do this mini program. If you're still being abused and if you feel hooked or guilty or responsible towards or that, you know, something you've done wrong, guilty, all that stuff. If you've got those hooks still going towards the family of origin narcissist or if you're still trying to get approval, etc., then I would strongly suggest that you do specific NARP modules, which is focusing, what you do is you focus on the family of origin narcissist, and many people have used this successfully, and then after working NARP, you can do the mini program once you've got off those hooks and those obsessions and those pulls, then go into the family of origin stuff in this mini program. So next week, I'm going to release this new mini program as well as the wonderful testimonies from those individuals who've already trialed this program. Because not only did I do it, I also put it out to people in the community as well, for people that have had significant family of origin wounds them to work with it. And these are people that have worked NARP that wanted to go to the next level. So you're going to hear their feedback about this program. It really is a great desire of mine that you can sense how much this mini program is going to be able to change your life as it has mine in incredible ways. So I'm going to put out the blog tomorrow on this and I really look forward to your comments and any questions you might have. And it's really exciting to be able to change ourselves cellularly, to, to literally, literally change who you are, you know, end that old self and become a new self, the new self you really want to be. That is just so, and we've got the power, we've got the ability to do it. It's so exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited for you and I'm excited for me. So that's it, everybody. Um, I look forward to your comments on the blog and lots of love and bye-bye.